0: Welcome to the Destinate NZ Show. I'm Michelle Caldwell and today we're talking powering up the regions. Welcome back listeners. Thanks for joining us and apologies for not making it last week. The COVID-19 bug finally made it to me. And yeah, it wasn't really in any state to deliver a podcast last week. But hey, I'm back, albeit a little bit husky still. And today we've got an amazing show lined up. We've got Jason Dawson from Air New Zealand joining us to talk about powering up the regions. Now, Jason is a strategist, a thinker, innovator and influencer across the public and private sectors with extensive governance experience. He's currently enabling regional economic development and supporting the regions to thrive as regional affairs manager for Air New Zealand. A transformational leader, senior executive and management professional with over 24 years experience in business development, marketing, community engagement, communications and customer experience within the public sector throughout New Zealand and five years commercial experience in the United Kingdom. Look, I have no doubt that you're going to really enjoy this interview and learn a lot about what the Regional Affairs Manager with Air New Zealand actually does. I know I did, is really enjoying it, which is great. Now, for those of you who I managed to catch up with at Tech the week before last in Nelson, it was great to see you. And for those of you who didn't make Tech this year, Well, you'll have to put it on your diary for next year. Next year, we're going to Rotorua. So nice and handy for me, I have to say, just an hour away from home. So makes it a lot easier to get there and back. But I know that they will have an amazing program lined up for us. But hey, first of all, thanks to Nelson for putting on a great show. We were very, very lucky with the weather. We had pretty much amazing weather the whole time we were there. It was a little bit cold. I have to say but that's okay we were down south and it is winter so we go prepared for that but really thinking of them this week and obviously over the last few days that they've been inundated with all of that rain and we hope that you guys are doing okay and just really pleased that we were able to be down there the week before to support you all and inject a little bit of cash into your economy down there because it does look like it's going to be a pretty major rebuild after what has been a, a pretty catastrophic event. So but tech itself great week catching up with everybody. I think the difference this year was obviously that we have borders open and we're now talking to the inbound operators about actual business, not just plans and ideas and what might happen, but we actually have a bit of a plan. We know the borders are opening. We know people are coming. The bookings are being made. And Oh, it just meant that there was such a buzz in the room. So it was great to just be able to soak that in and sit back and really enjoy that positive vibe that was going around. And congratulations to everybody who won awards at the awards night. That was also great to see. We celebrated Young Tech's 10th anniversary. I can't believe that's been 10 years. I was the original board liaison person with Young Tech 10 years ago and... Gee, if somebody had have asked me how many years ago that was, I would not have said 10 years, but anyway, time is flying and I keep forgetting that we've lost two years in the last two years anyway. Hey, but look, I'm not going to wrap it on any further. I'm going to now turn Jason's interview on and I hope you really enjoy that don't forget if you did hit subscribe. Also a five-star review is really appreciated. You can do that now on Spotify and Apple, wherever you're listening. Just let us know that you're enjoying this and don't forget, keep those suggestions flowing in. I did receive a whole lot of suggestions at Tech and over the last week of things that we could be featuring on the show. And so that. Is going to be my mission now to deliver for all of you so you continue to listen in. But sit back now, enjoy the interview with Jason, and we'll see you all next Wednesday. Well, today we're joined by a man who really needs no introduction. He is a passionate connector and voice of regional tourism. We welcome Air New Zealand's regional affairs manager, Jason Dawson. Kia ora Jason, and welcome to the show.
1: Gilda Michelle, thanks for having me.
0: Oh it's great to have you here and uh, yeah finally catch up albeit via Zoom but here we are.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Now Jason to kick us off are you able to share a little bit about your career journey and how you landed at Air New Zealand?
1: Sure so um, a lot of it was probably due to the previous role I had which was CEO of Hamilton and Waikato Tourism. So Based here in Hamilton, led the uh, regional tourism organisation for five and a half years. Absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And I would say that uh, role came up for me because I was previously involved in some economic development activity that we were doing here in the Waikato. And that was helping set up the Tewaka, the new economic development mm-hmm. agency. I was working at Dairy Z at the time, actually leading industry engagement. Okay. So very similar type roles where I would work in sectors and either lobby, advocate, or drive policy change uh, for sectors. The great thing about coming into tourism, as we all know, is we also get to tap into our promotional uh, experience as well and do a lot of marketing. So destination marketing was something I had done previously with Hamilton City. Mm -hmm. I'd overseen the city events portfolio here in Hamilton, as well as the communications and marketing side of the city. And we managed to visit an eyesight, which was fantastic. So it was probably my first dabble into tourism here in the Waikato and also, things like we'd help promote the new hotels. We had new hotels coming mm-hmm. on stream here. We've got a new regional theatre being developed. Uh, and we had new things like Hobbiton. You know, Hobbiton mm. was actually new uh, when I moved down here about <laughs> 12 years ago. So it was yeah. all these types of activities that started to get me really interested in tourism and the value of the visitor economy for Waikato. So I'd say, look, that was probably my, my main career path. But look, my original background is marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you can tell, and communications, so we're always good at making sure that we try and find the value proposition, uh, the right price for the right product for the right market. So it's just something that's really rung true for me throughout my career. And it, look, it was an exceptional job here in Waikato, and then I had the opportunity for the regional affairs manager in New Zealand. So many of you who have been in tourism for a while know that we had what I call the co tour of regional affairs, which was Ian Collier. Uh, yeah. He was our first regional affairs manager at the airline. Originally came from sales. Many of us already knew Ian out there in the regions. Yeah, But he really talked to the airline about trying to make sure that we maintained our social license to operate in regions. Yes, we fly to 20 domestic ports and we mm-hmm. still do today. But it was all around making sure we actually worked to align ourselves to the aspirations of those regions. And it wasn't just us connecting passengers and cargo. Look, we have a big role to play in regions. We employ a lot of local people, which is great. We have quite big presence in some centres with engineering, manufacturing, and also our cargo, and it's just around making sure that we provide more opportunity to contribute more actively uh, in our regions as well. So before me, there was Reuben Livermore, people who Mm -hmm. may know, and then uh, I managed to get Reuben's role. So Reuben is now my boss. He's head of government and regional affairs, and we're a team of two, basically the genesis of the role is to be the voice of the regions in the airline. So right. I work with a lot of the tourism sector with alongside Jenny Simpson still, mm-hmm. which is great. And we kind of go back into the airline and actually make sure we overlay regional aspirations and need. When, when issues change and we have any schedule changes, we know it has huge impact for our regional stakeholders. So mm-hmm. it's about making sure that any change we make as a business actually is aligned to the aspirations of the region as much as being the face of of the airline out in the regions as well. So I do get around quite a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, again, across our 20 ports and make sure that I connect in with our tourism teams down in each of the regions, as well as the mayors, who are very key leaders uh, in each of our regions, as well as economic development agencies, some of the big corporate customers, the Chamber of Commerce's and lots of other business associations. So look, it's in a really exciting role. I'm really lucky to have it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. And you mentioned there that we do have 20 ports in New Zealand. So that's quite a lot. I look at that from the point of view that we're actually a relatively small nation, but we have a lot of airports. How do you manage and balance the needs and wants of community with the business sense and the decisions that Air New Zealand has to make in that regard?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean... Again, I've joined the airline where we probably have got a really good robust network. So look, all I can say is our 20 ports are there because as we know, over the last probably five to 10 years, Air New Zealand has withdrawn services out of some of our smaller ports and that was down to our fleet and -hmm. how we could actually uh, commercially viably serve those ports well. And I think a lot of them, look, we had a 19-seater beach aircraft, which were perfect some of our smaller routes and again we had a here in Hamilton we had an Auckland to Hamilton route as well but they look that mm. got pulled a few years ago because we'd all we will now have ATRs which mm-hmm. most of you know in the regions or our Q300s so again that, that those are what I call our two workhorse fleet for the domestic and regional network which are then supported by our jets on main trunks so I would say at the moment it's now around making sure we just provide balance for the airline where we looked we will remain flying to those 20 ports that's that's a real key part of our strategy so coming out of COVID, we have a kiamo strategy kiamo means get ready we're kind of ready now and now we're trying to hopefully move from survive into a thrive mode but as you've seen over the last few months look at we've got challenges like everyone else in every sector particularly around staffing sickness has really taken a hit to us mm. as an airline that we have planned for that So we have to make sure that we balance the needs of what we can really deliver as an airline, which is a safe connection. That's always key to us. We have enough crew, we have enough ground crew to actually deliver a safe airline connection with the needs of the regions. Because, you know, some regions we only fly into once a day. And I take Mm. the example of Timaru and Hokitika. Look, these are ports that are really important to us. And and it's really important to the regions too to have Air New Mm. Zealand flying in there. So for us, it's about making sure we at least maintain daily connection into each of our regions and we try and do some of those changes if we have to like reducing our schedule into some of the other ports that actually have really frequent service Um, so again that's trying to balance the community and the business need because there is still this need for connectivity that is our overall goal is to connect new zealand
0: yeah absolutely so what does a day look like in your role they're probably not right. no two the same,
1: so, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. So look, being the voice of the regions mean the regions contact me a lot. Yeah. So an average day for me is probably managing around five to six requests or issues, I would say issues management in regions from whether they be, for example, you know, we're looking at Kitty Kitty Airport are looking at extending their runway. Topol is obviously developing a new terminal. Mm. Uh, Hamilton are also upgrading their terminal as well. So we have, what I would say, lots of day-to-day operational issues that I'm trying to, what I would say, account manage within the business. So again, we've got fantastic experts in property and infrastructure who look after those roles and airline ops, but I kind of take that query or issue or action and I just make sure it's actively managed and monitored within the airline. We also get a lot of requests for event sponsorship. Look, in New Zealand used to sponsor a lot of big, iconic events in our country. But as you've seen over the last few years, we've kind of withdrawn a little bit more, even withdrawing our sponsorship from all of the marathons, to just try and focus on what are the right things to do. So mm-hmm. for us, it's kind of now aligning ourselves to regional event funds, because mm-hmm. for us, it's probably around seed funding and trying to support the regions and what they believe are the right events for us to get involved in to support and to get started to see it grow because we want to grow visitor demand based on the yeah. types of visitors that regions want uh, and so do regions. So it's just trying to align our marketing and our event sponsorship now a lot more with what destinations want to achieve. So aligning ourselves to destination management plans, that's really a key mm. thing for me. Many of our regions have either got a destination management plan or they're still going through a draft stage now. So just making sure the voice of the airline is actually around the table as well, or they're progressing. You know, if we look at places like Marlborough, look, they want to position aviation as a key mm. sector, being an air force base as well for mm-hmm. them. So, you know, working with, with that region and the wider businesses and stakeholder groups around their aspirations and how else the airline could actively contribute. So there's a lot of toing and fro There's a lot of me, uh, what I would say, joining the dots for you, the tourism sector inside the airline. Because we Mm -hmm. are a big business and we have Mm -hmm. had a lot of change and we've had a lot of people changes. And sometimes the people you would normally have picked up the phone or dropped an email to have moved on. Um, Or we've now also moved into new ways of working, which Mm -hmm. it's a very internal process, but it's a great way to bring what I call cross-functional teams together. And we now have a domestic squad. So again, I work very closely with them and that's around growing domestic. At the moment, we just want to get domestic back to its pre-COVID levels. So that's going to take us probably another twelve months. But then after that, it's around looking at growing the domestic portfolio in our country. So in New Zealand, have really seen that through COVID, a third of our business is domestic. It's our most lucrative part of of the business. Then it's short haul to Australia, and then it's international. So what COVID has probably taught the airline is actually never forget your home, mm. uh, because domestic is key for our success. So It's around, hopefully, then working with regions on a daily basis around how we can try and optimize the domestic network and get more more visitors that you want, more better business connections and good leisure connections are really key.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. And I think that's something the whole industry has learnt not to ignore those domestic visitors, right? Because that's something that we'd all been focused on that. I guess the high value international tourist or visitor, and then all of a sudden we didn't have them. So it has been a good learning for everyone. Now just jumping back a little bit, Jace, you mentioned the Topo airport, and I know there's obviously big airport infrastructure projects happening around the country, but how much involvement does Air New Zealand actually have? in those kinds of projects, or is it left to the airport owners? Obviously you're flying there so, but what kinds of things do you tend to get involved in?
1: Yeah, so definitely a right of airport owners pretty much lead infrastructure developments. Um, But obviously as an airline, we pay landing charges uh, to come to those 20 ports. And when Mm -hmm. terminals are upgraded or there's new runways or new facilities, the costs that are incurred are normally passed on to the airlines that fly there. So look, that's not my particular role, but I do yep. keep in touch with uh, Sean Ford, and he's the guy that uh, all our airports know for many years, negotiates the landing fees and charges yep. that we will pay as an airline when we come into the airports. So it's just keeping Sean in touch with anything that, that might, might happen during throughout the other time. So any new terminal development as well. And then our airports team obviously work with the airport staff just to make sure that they're joined up around our footprint. What does that look like? What we'll check in? know, will we have a bit more space? Can we bring introduced kiosks Uh, and some of the back of house stuff? So the infrastructure that we require, you know, if there's going to be additional flights or these health and safety issues that we need to look at with regards to ramps or Mm
0: -hmm. any other
1: particular things back of house. So it's kind of just staying over it again, being more like an account manager. I'm Mm -hmm. not the expert in those areas. That's why we have all these amazing specialists. And so it's about joining them up and making sure that everyone's kind of synced with regards to any sort of terminal upgrade. And then eventually it's just keeping in touch with our airport managers because look, they are there, you know, Jeff Hamilton is your guy's guy on the ground.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: he is a very familiar face to Topol customers. And so for us we're making sure that we keep uh, Jeff informed as well, because look, there's nothing worse as we all know when someone comes up to you and goes, oh, that was a great article. And kilda magazine about you know hook a lodge yeah. thanks for profiling at the lodge and it's like you know for jeff we want to make sure our airport managers are aware of what we're doing as an airline mm-hmm. to market the regions as well so it's it's very much a it's a partnership we work really closely with our airports particularly and they and they have direct relationships in the business as well
0: mm-hmm. cool and what are some of the big challenges that you face in your role
1: some of the big challenges, look, it's pretty similar to many other business people. It's just around funding. Look, we would all love to have more time and more money or
0: mm-hmm. more
1: resources to probably invest in regions. You know, our budget as regional affairs has obviously been really hit through COVID, and again, we've kind of talked about how we've kind of retrenched from regional event sponsorships, especially some of the big iconic events. Um, but again, as we start to grow as an airline, the idea is that we then go back out and we start to really have a consistent. And cohesive framework that we want to engage with regions on, Mm. and I think look, and that and resourcing could be just down to obviously people because look at the moment it's me and Ruben, Mm -hmm. and we you know Ruben is a very well known face to many people in the regions, but he's being pulled more to government, and so you've got me and you've got Jeannie Simpson who's done an exceptional job for the regions for our convention bureaus and also for our international marketing. So we
0: Mm.
1: we're a small but well formed team. And it's just making sure that we are really fair and equitable to all our regions. I think just to make sure we want to give every region their spotlight in the sun and whether it be through, you know, negotiating and trying to get travel features in Kyoto magazine, we'd all love a cover story, wouldn't we, (laughs) of each one of our regions. But I think the other problem is we're kind of competing right now with international, you know, we've seen Mm. the domestic visitor and the domestic traveller, particularly in New Zealand, actually dying to get offshore again you know demand has been something we have never experienced we had all planned for uh what we call up uh, the pent-up demand we'd all planned for a slow restart but look we've never seen it grow so significantly the demand for international has been huge and i think look that really competes with domestic you know i'm trying to be in the regions and i'm trying to be in the airlines saying we've got to make sure we you know we always got to push domestic yeah. but we all know the appetite right now unfortunately for a lot of kiwis is they want to go offshore so international strong, and as well as inbound. So again, it's trying to make sure that even though we're, we're all out there now globally, opening the doors again and rolling out the welcome mats to bring all our visitors back in, I just want to make sure we're also having that same level of focus in the domestic market. So again, domestic is still key for us. That's really important. Yeah. And so I think, look, they're, they're no similar to many challenges businesses have right now. You're all trying to balance the need. Look, We need to open the international gates again because you know they're really key for us. But then we need to, you know, rest back on domestic in the winter season. So Mm. it's about just providing that balance. That's probably the biggest challenge right now, making sure regions will still have a voice.
0: Mm. Yeah, cool. And if you think about like Air New Zealand's plans, how long are you forecasting it to get back to some kind of level of what we would consider normal levels of travel? Is it three, five, ten years?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so look, I would expect, we're hoping that within 18 to 24 months, we will be back to what we call pre-COVID levels. And pre-COVID was 2019, and that was when we literally had a fully utilised domestic and international network. Mm. Because at the moment, as you've probably seen, look, we're probably running at around 90% at the moment. A lot of our schedule is not as frequent as it used to be in the regions. Look, we will get there once we get more crew back, once we train more pilots, and we get more ground crew in the regions we'll be able to start offering what we call pre-COVID levels. So look, that's 18 to 24 months. Mm -hmm. It may happen sooner. And if it does, look, that's great. But we're trying to be pretty realistic around it. Mm. Uh, And then the next step from there, we have a five-year strategy, which I've talked about briefly, was KMO. KMO has three key objectives for the business. One is Grow Domestic, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Optimize International. So things like the new direct route to New York City, which launches mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, that yeah, was all part of literally what we call optimizing our international offering. And then lastly, lifting loyalty. Look, we're one of the largest loyalty mm-hmm. membership clubs in New Zealand. So I think for us, it's about really taking airpoints to the next level and not only rewarding those, a higher status level but offering more options and more products and experiences for all AirPoints members. So so for us, look, AirPoints, we want to become New Zealand's second currency Mm -hmm. because we have a lot of Kiwis and a lot of expats are actually AirPoints members. So again, that's a key focus. But look, if we look at the Grow Domestic, once we get back to pre-COVID levels and we have our network operating hopefully back as efficiently and safely as possible with less cancellations uh, and less disrupts for us, we can't control the weather, but Mm -hmm. everything else we should try and bring back better that's the ultimate goal we will be looking at different ways to grow domestic what does grow domestic look like it means our, our future fleet so obviously as part of our sustainability aspirations to tackle carbon emissions which is mm. our number one issue as a country uh, and climate change is definitely our number one issue globally for us it's around looking at future fleets what does that look like domestically because our uh, eventually look our q300s by 2030 we may start phasing them out but they're great workhorses for us to connect regional New Zealand. Look, our ATRs mm. will still be there, but our future fleet will look like potentially we want to try new types of technology, which we've been asking the industry for, for the last two years. And mm. that's things like sustainable aviation fuel as part of cutting our missions, hydrogen-fueled planes, or potentially a hybrid model with electric and hydrogen. Mm. Look, and those types of aircraft, future aircraft will be smaller in size, until obviously the technology improves and it gets slicker and smarter. So if we start bringing in a couple of hybrid electric flight planes into our fleet that are smaller, what that means is we can actually utilize that for some smaller hops Mm
0: -hmm. and shorter
1: routes, because obviously they'll have less passengers, less cargo, but we'll also have to travel shorter distances. So there is opportunity to what we call utilize the domestic network better. And with our existing fleet, we would obviously want to try and get more off-peak flights. You know, a lot of our ATRs actually sit on tarmac through the middle of the day that's a prime time for us to try and grow our off-peak connections for leisure which as we know also helps our business customers so again utilizing our existing fleet will be key and then lastly we might be looking at new routes because mm-hmm. look just as we're looking at for new routes uh, internationally like the New York route there are definitely domestic routes that we know could potentially work better point to point without having to hub uh, through yep. Auckland, Wellington or Christchurch so look that's the other goal for us is under the Grow Domestic Banner. So look, there's some really exciting times. Mm. We've seen some regions really jump on board with that. Look, they're already looking at some marketing already to test some routes that don't already exist. We know getting yeah. from the North Island centres into potentially Queenstown and Dunedin are really popular. Mm-hmm. When we look at our onward travel from Christchurch, so we know that there is some potential new destinations and routes that would really benefit from both, from both destinations to be connected better. So... Regional connectivity will be key.
0: Mm, Cool. It's like you almost read my questions before I asked them there, Jason, because I had a question around electric planes or, you know, what this new fleet looks like and whether it would open up opportunities for the smaller regions. So I think you've answered that. But I think living in a smaller uh, destination myself in Taupo, and we've only got the Air New Zealand service from Taupo to Auckland. Yeah, obviously, it would be great if there was an opportunity for us to be able to connect to other places in the longer term.
1: Thank <laughs> you. Absolutely.
0: Having to drive to another airport. <laughs> There's my little plug for topo <laughs> Oh, no, that's all right. No, don't
1: worry. You're, you're seeing the same picture <laughs> as are very passionate right
0: now. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Hey, now we've talked about COVID leading to a resurgence in tourism in some of the smaller regions, and that probably hasn't necessarily been seen on planes because a lot of us will drive to those regions. But if you sort of take your Air New Zealand hat off and back to your RT, Hat. how do you think some of the regions can capitalise on that now that the borders are open?
1: I think the time is now for New Zealand. I think look, for many of us who are still involved in some of the inbound tour operators and some of the offshore sales offices that we, that we particularly have as an airline, we know that the demand for New Zealand is higher than ever. Look, no matter what we all think as a country, uh, New Zealand has come out still on top as one of the safest destinations and the most desirable destinations to come to. And I think it's about all of us been working together, as we know, for three years, saying that the lights are still on. Don't forget New Zealand. And look, you know, it's been great to see Tourism New Zealand as well launch their new global campaign, the mm. first one we've seen in a long time. And it's also targeting the domestic market yeah. as, well, as well. You know, it's about taking a second look. It's really exciting. We love the idea about, you know, seeking and finding out more. So I think, look, we really need to use this time, whether it be smaller regions or some of our bigger metros, to make sure that we are actively out there now marketing. And look, for many small businesses or smaller regions, you can't afford to come to KiwiLink or to go offshore to some of our sales events. But there's some other great opportunities. Look, still through your digital marketing, through partnering with Air New Zealand with some of our international marketing and also Tourism New Zealand, working with tech and obviously some of the inbound operators as well. Look, they're out there now doing the mm. hard Mahi for us. So, you know, show your support for them as well and make sure you get your your products and your and your sales lists all up to date for the for the next season. Cruise coming back to New Zealand mm. is really exciting. You know, yep. people go, well, why would the airline be excited about that? Well actually as we know, many cruise passengers from Australia actually join some of the cruises here in Auckland. So mm. for us, look, maintaining the Trans-Tasman connectivity as much as Kiwis going over and jumping on board in Brizzy or Sydney to join a cruise is really exciting around the Pacific. So look, there's never a better time than ever. And I think we've really got to use this wisely. But I think it's also around now, not just offering the same things that we've always done. I think look, climate change has really come to the fore for the whole world right now. And if anything, look, look at what's happening in New Zealand right now with our extreme weather. So look, it's Mm -hmm. being reported on internationally. You know, the Nelson... Uh, Marlborough and also Tasman district flooding look it's on the front page of every single media outlet around the world mm. so we just need to make sure that we're also showing that yes we are being impacted like the rest of the world with climate change but what are some of the things we are doing to actually tackle it and what are some of the things you can experience while you're here that actually contribute back and actually help so yeah. I think look we're going to see we've always talked about this conscious traveler Um, I think right now we're just seeing travellers that have disposable income that are prepared to pay anything to travel. So, look, those are really good, lucrative uh, visitors for us. But I think longer term, we are going to have to try and position ourselves as potentially, you know, I don't know whether we call it the most greenest destination because we still have to use long haul flights to get here. But once we have sustainable aviation fuel as a mix in in our long haul flights, look, that's going to actively cut our emissions on long haul but it's also then around what they do when they travel here in our country, the places they stay and the experiences they do, and then how they get around. You know, So it's great to see EV motorhomes and
0: mm.
1: EV vans and vehicles coming into our rental car fleet. It'll be great to get the Great Scenic Journey Railway up and running again across all our countries and regions. So yeah. again, it's just a more environmentally conscious way to travel via rail. And hopefully, you know, look, they're also looking at potentially expanding the network around the Central North Island as well. And then moving more into the tour experience. So look, I think everyone's just now, we've we've got the ingredients are right to hopefully start to attract back the right sort of visitor that will actually live the Tiaki promise while they're here.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think congratulations needs to go to Air New Zealand as well as a national carrier for all the work that you guys do in leading that sustainability space. And the NZ Zero campaign that you've got going at the moment is amazing. And I think if all of us can kind of come in behind that, that will put us in a really good position.
1: Absolutely. And look, we want to work with regions around our sustainability journey because regions contribute as much as we do, um, particularly at our 20 ports. So again, we hopefully will be uh, coming out in the next six to eight months, just going on the road and doing a bit of a sustainability roadshow. It's not only talking about some of the initiatives that we're undertaking, but also stuff that we're doing that actually other businesses can relate to. Because look, it is something that every business right now is looking at whether it be, you know, back to the old days, what I call quadruple bottom line reporting, or right through to waste minimization and energy efficiency. There are so many things that we're all having to face as business owners. Yes, we are a big airline and people might look at us and think, oh, well, look, we there's stuff we can't relate to. But some of our onboard experiences and some of our procurement processes mm. are stuff that, you know, we are willing to share. And then obviously, we work closely with some of our Ewe that we have uh, mous with as well mm-hmm. so we're looking at you know some of the sustainable products that they're starting to produce mm-hmm. in those regions cool. and you know how can we start to look at that as part of our procurement process so it's a it's a win-win for regions but also for the airline
0: yeah definitely all right well look that wraps up my questions we've just got one little thing to do which i haven't done with a guest for a while now but we've got a quick fire get to know jason dawson better round <laughs> are you up for that <laughs> absolutely cool all right so just some very short questions here you just give me the first thing that pops into your head north or south island
1: oh oh no favorite child i know it's gonna be quick. <laughs> we go stewart let's see <laughs> oh look I, i'd go south
0: oh that was a surprise. I thought you might have come across to the north side then. Oh, I, am a
1: north, <laughs> I am a North Islander but you know I think because oh. I live in the north then obviously we think south is obviously yeah. a desirable destination.
0: Okay. Your favourite New Zealand holiday destination?
1: Oh favourite New Zealand. It was definitely Northland. Look mm-hmm. I'm originally from Northland so I have to declare that's a disclaimer but look <laughs> nothing to me beats the beaches of Northland. There's just something magical about them and I just feel, yeah, I feel great going up there.
0: Yeah, nice. And I know you're a bit of a foodie. So what's your favourite cuisine?
1: Favourite cuisine? Japanese.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have okay. to be Japanese. Always fresh. Uh, always feels wholesome and good after you've had a Japanese meal and maybe a cheeky sake as well.
0: <laughs> Is there something that you're not very good at?
1: Not very good at. Ooh, I'm sure there is. Look, there's lots of things. I'm not very good at karaoke, even though you might think <laughs> I'd be really good, but I'm not good at karaoke. Uh, oh, actually, and I'm pretty miserable at snooker and pool as well.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, we won't grab you in our tech team next year if you're at the conference. <laughs> Where do you no. want to be in five years' time?
1: Hopefully, still in New Zealand. I'm hoping that, you know, that there is so much more that the airline can be doing to contribute to our regions. And so hopefully we'll be here still there and maybe with, you know, another face uh, on the team as well. That would be great Mm. because I think as much as we can achieve a lot together, we also need to make sure that we have the people to try and help work together with.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds good. And what's your ultimate Sunday?
1: Ultimate Sunday, maybe a little sleeper. That's always good, but definitely probably brunch out. It's always good to catch up with friends on a Sunday. Saturdays are normally so busy for everyone, so I always love to make sure we try and catch up with someone for brunch uh, or lunch. That's always good. Uh, Going for a walk always on a Sunday afternoon. That's always great and then maybe you know having a sunday roast that's always Ooh. quite cheeky you know but, <laughs> but i love it summer or winter
0: yep that sounds like a good day to me all right jason well thank you so much for joining us and thanks for all the work that you're doing around the regions with Air new zealand it's great to have you in that seat and i know you and ruben will be quite a dynamo pair out there working with us all so thanks for joining us and we wish you all the best
1: cheers thanks michelle